Hi there. Do you know what your anxiety profile is? Me, I was a besieged panicker. We often say that the first step to reversing anxiety is to understand it. And that's why we've created a tool to help you discover your anxiety profile. And it's totally free. In about 90 seconds, you'll receive your customized anxiety profile. And it will answer so many questions you've probably been struggling with, including, am I going crazy? And why me? So if you haven't yet, pause this episode and head to lifefreeofanxiety.com slash profile or click the link in the show notes. I promise you'll get a lot more out of this and every episode once you know your anxiety profile. And now, on to the show. Hi, welcome back to the Life Free of Anxiety podcast. It's Erica, joined by my dog, Sadie, who will hopefully be quiet right now. Welcome to the Life Free of Anxiety podcast, where each week we'll bring you another discussion to help you on your way to overcoming your fears. I'm Erica, and together with Dr. Charles Barr, a licensed clinical psychologist specializing in anxiety, we'll be your guides on this journey. To find a list of helpful free resources we offer, head to lifefreeofanxiety.com. Because you are not broken, you are not alone, and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety. She always wants to come in here, but she's not always cooperative with being quiet. So we'll see how this goes. Funny story this week, I'm sending this the same story you might see in the email I'm sending out to you guys. Um, But I went to my friend's house and I brought my little one-year-old son and she, my friend has two kids. Uh, The older girl is four and the little boy is almost two. Um, But the little girl is just really at the age where everything's why and uh, what does that say and tell me she just has so many questions but when we were over there we were playing in the backyard and I felt like she had an okay time with us but as me and my son were walking out the door she was screaming no don't go and her mom said I'm sorry I have to take her inside she's melting down didn't really think that much of it we just kind of left but when I got home I got a text message from my friend that said Oh, she is so upset. She wanted to go with you. And Mary said, oh, that's sweet. Did She wanted to go with us? I didn't even know she was really having that much fun. She's a little bit older than my one-year-old son, so they couldn't even really play together. But I said, did she want to, you to come with us? And she goes, no. So <laughs> basically, she wanted to leave her mom behind and jump in the car with us and go who knows where, but anywhere she was willing to go because she, poor thing, is a child who is stuck in the house with, you know, all this safer at home stuff. And it's hard. It's hard. At first, I thought it was funny. And I started thinking about it. And I was thinking, that's kind of all of us right now. Like, take me with you. I'll do anything. I'll go anywhere. (laughs) This is getting kind of old, right? But I just thought that was funny and, 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 and sad at the same time. But Sometimes you just, you kind of have to laugh. So anyways, I hope you'll laugh along with me. I know it's it's crazy. This time is crazy. But I also hope it kind of, you know, opens up some opportunities for you to, you know, work on anxiety for the first time or or have the time to kind of focus on you. So we can look at that positive, right? Um, something not as positive, really sad. We lost Regis Philbin a couple days ago, you might have heard. I know he was older, but he was such an iconic host. I mean, I grew up watching him, and for a while, he was kind of the only person really who mattered on TV. Um, He had his morning show with Kathy Lee Gifford, and and they were just a huge deal. Um, My mom used to tell me stories about working on the same lot as him 
and how sweet he was. They would walk to the car together when they'd both get off work. They did not work on the same show, but she just would tell me that he was the nicest man. And so I always had this great image of him in my head. Funnily enough, he actually hosted um, two of the creators of Change. That's Anne Seagrave and Faison Covington, who you've heard on the show before. And we just thought it would be appropriate and fun to play the audio of the time they were interviewed by Regis about the Change program. Um, and for those of you who don't know, the Change program, that's Change with two A's, is a program designed to help you overcome anxiety. It's the one I use to overcome my anxiety, and it's the one Dr. Barr used to overcome his anxiety. And it's the one he introduced me to when I came to him uh, with anxiety, and he's a licensed clinical therapist, and he said, this is what's going to work. Um, so anyways, that's what the Change program is, and I just really hope you enjoy this audio and get to learn a, a little more about the program and also um, just kind of a way to honor Regis. Now let's talk about agoraphobia, which is a condition which sometimes can be so intense that it paralyzes people to the point where they are afraid to leave their homes, or just afraid to be out in public. And we have two recovered uh, agoraphobics with us today. Incidentally, they are the co-founders of, of an organization devoted to help agoraphobics, which is called Change, and we'll give you more information on how you can reach them in just a moment. But sitting next to me is Anne Seagrave who cannot recall her first agoraphobic attack. However, she suffered for years with self-doubt and underemployment for fear of finding herself in stressful situations. Next to her is uh, Faison uh, Covington, who first began to experience the frightening panic of agoraphobia when she went away to college at the University of North Carolina in Greensboro. Nice to have you both with thank us you. on the show today. Is it Faison? It's Faison. Faison. Anyway, thank you very much You're for joining welcome. us. So. You have been suffering with this for a number of years now. I had been. Mm -hmm. I had been. I've been over agoraphobia for seven years. I suffered with agoraphobia for four years, from the ages of 32 to 36. And how bad was it? Were you housebound? I wasn't housebound, and I think that's a misunderstanding. I think most people are not housebound. I had my first panic attack in a car. And pretty soon, I decided that avoiding the car was what I wanted to do, because each time I got in my car, I would panic and have all the physical symptoms associated with panic. So pretty much, I became housebound out of not wanting to drive. I see. I see. But I, don't, I think classically, people hear housebound condition mm -hmm. when probably 98% of the people who have agoraphobia are not housebound. Okay. But isn't it strange that for the first 32 years of your life, you weren't bothered by this? Absolutely. And it's, it was as strange to me as it seems to you. Wow. You know, the first panic attack, I think, for anyone is a horrifying experience because you think something drastically physically is happening to you. A heart attack, your heart pounds, you feel hyperventilation coming on, you may feel like you're going to faint. That certainly is what happened to me, and I thought I was very ill. Wow. What was your first attack like? Well, mine was at college, and it was about 20 minutes after my parents drove away. And it was, it was a lot more of a, of a clear-cut anxiety situation than Anne's was. I mean, I was under stress, but I didn't know it. So that when the anxiety attack came, um, I didn't know that's what it was. In fact, I thought I was having a stroke. What did you do? Well, when it started, I began having heart palpitations and hyperventilation, and, and I was shaking, and I was sweating, and I was very dizzy and very confused. So I couldn't do anything for about 20 minutes. Uh, I mean, I couldn't walk. Mm. I, just, I just sort of sat there um, and waited to get enough strength to get up and go to the infirmary. 
And then would it come back like in waves and cycles? Yes, it would, it would come waves is a real good word because when you're having an anxiety attack, it, it feels like a wave. I yeah. mean, you, you can feel it starting and, you, and your first thought is, oh no, it's, it's here, here it is again. And for me, it just, it never ceased. I had my first panic attack and I had my second one the next day. Wow. So how many years so did you... Uh, I had it 13 years. 13 years. Yeah. And did you say eight and... Four. Four. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. How do you find your way out of this? Well, I think it's very difficult. I think the first step is identifying that this is what you have. Most people who suffer from severe anxiety or agoraphobia can diagnose themselves because they know what's happening. You can feel these waves of panic, as Faison just described, and pretty soon, even though you're going from doctor to doctor, what you're hearing is you are physically okay. Mm. And so you begin to think then there has to be something more. Um, how you come out of it is learning and recognizing that what you've developed is a very non-productive behavior, obviously, and you need to change that behavior. You need to learn some skills to change yeah, But everybody gets involved in stress situations mm -hmm. and sometimes don't feel like they can overcome whatever it is they're right. afraid of. How do you uh, differentiate between that and what you had? The difference is in personality. There is a very specific personality type that develops agoraphobia. A good example is my husband, who is very calm, very low-key person, um, a type B. You know, we've heard a lot about type A personality, type B. Under stress, he reacts very calmly. He'll pull up the covers and go to bed and forget it for a day or two. People with my kind of personality and facings tend to take on the stress and insist upon going that extra step, which produces more stress, which culminates in the anxiety attack. Mm. You weren't housebound, were you? No, naturally um, not. You were in college. You had to get out and well, go to class. Well, see, I had it so long. I went through so many different phases with my condition, and there was a period right after I was married that I was pretty close to being housebound. I, I would not leave the house unless my husband forced me. Did he know that you had this? He knew I had, we didn't know what I had. Uh, we knew there was something wrong, but I went to about 30 different doctors and they did not know what it was. So I think Anne's right when she said getting over it, step one is finding out what it is you have. Okay, so after you find out, what's step two? Well, step two is, is kind of a continuation of the educational process. It's understanding like Ann said, the, the factors that lead up to it, the developmental kinds of things. Because one of the things that people with agoraphobia struggle with so much is, am I going crazy? Is this a mental illness that I I'm have? Sure. And we do, in our program, we do about four sessions of pure education before we even get to the therapy process. Because we want people to be, to be so confident that they do not have a mental illness, that they're dealing with um, sort of a non-productive habit pattern, and we call it a learned condition. Um, so I think that was that was very important for me. That was maybe 50% of getting over it for me. To know that you weren't mentally mm -hmm. ill. Uh -huh. And okay. to begin to get a handle on what it was that I was feeling, that I wasn't going to die and I wasn't going to have a stroke and I wasn't going to lose my mind during one of these attacks. And then, of course, I suppose the next step is for you to get out there Absolutely. and be among them. Absolutely. Get out there right. and begin to do the things that you've avoided. And for me, there were very many things. And what was it like the first time you were out there, knowing that you were mentally ill, but here was a challenge? It was still scary. Very frightening. It is still very scary. Because well, what do you feel you, like doing? Running and hiding somewhere? Yeah, yeah, you feel like going home. I, th I think the first thing is you feel like getting the heck out of Dodge. You know, you yeah. feel like if I could just leave, I would feel better. And the truth is you do. For instance, I could drive halfway somewhere, and suppose the panic came upon me. I could turn that car around and drive all the way back home. It never occurred to me that if I just kept going, that I would be okay. Mm -hmm. And I was perfectly fine when I turned around and went home. 
So what you have to do is get beyond that fear. And I think Faison said it, you know, you really have to know what you're dealing with so that you're not frightening yourself with what's happening because the first time out you will feel anxiety and you have to kind of utilize your skills. We teach very specific skills. The one thing, the reason Faison and I even developed a program in the first place was because we know that this particular personality type loves structure. So we structured a program step by step. And if you follow those steps, what you're going to do is walk out of the anxiety. And how long does it take you to develop that kind of confidence? Well, our program is 15 weeks. I like to tell people that, that start with us that at the end of the 15 weeks, I was at the point where I could do the things that I had been avoiding. I had not practiced enough of those things, like flying. I didn't have an opportunity to fly, so I hadn't practiced enough of them to be totally comfortable. It took me another six months, I think, continuing with the practicing to get so I didn't think about it anymore. And now you're totally cured? Totally. You don't have any apprehensions? No. Being in a big city like not New York? With a strange host like me. <laughs> Not even getting out of the Linus taxi. Linus <laughs> Pauling hovering around here. No, Linus Pauling was a delight. Wasn't he a delight? Yes, as soon he... as I said sex to him, he uh, <laughs> made a tour of the audience. I don't know. But, you know, and he pointed out something that I think is very interesting. He was talking about stress yes. and how to reduce stress sure. in your life. And that's exactly what we're teaching. Yes. Because, you know, most of us grew up without the ability to have our next-door neighbor to talk to and get rid of our anxieties that way. And I'll bet there'd be a lot less agoraphobia if we did that. I'll bet there are a lot of people out there wondering what the name of the organization <laughs> is and how to get a hold of you, and we'll come back and tell you that in just a moment. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed hearing that. You know, we've had Faison Covington on the show before, and um, and that was probably a pretty cool experience for her. We've talked to her a little bit about the people who have interviewed, who have interviewed her before. And Regis Philman, I mean, what a big deal that she got to talk to him, I I mean, I think. And also, just what an amazing host and, and interviewer he was. I've interviewed a ton of people before. I know how hard it is. I know how hard it is to... Uh, try not to interrupt somebody, but also need to, you know, you need to cut them off at the right moment and ask them a new question and um, how you can forget what you were saying mid-sentence. I mean, <laughs> I know it's hard. And he made it look so easy. He was just, he was such a pro. He was so great at what he did. And a lot of that was because he brought his real personality to it and he was just likable. So definitely going to miss him. Glad we could pay tribute to him by doing this episode. Like I said, it's just so cool that change was thought of as um, spectacular enough to be on, you know, something with Regis. Uh, Larry King, I know, also interviewed them and, and Oprah. But, but very cool and exciting. And if you do want to learn more about the Change program, you can head over to change.com. That's change with two A's. Our beta group signups are ending. So if you want to be a part of the group we're doing, even if you just want to do the program without the group, the deadline for that is this week because we are launching next week. So I'm super excited. I just smiled in my car yesterday thinking about um, how I know I'm going to get emails about people just turning their lives around and feeling better again, just like I did. So if you want to sign up, that's change, C-H-A-A-N-G-E, change with two A's dot com and check out joining us for this beta launch August 3rd. All right, I will talk to you guys next week. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope that something in today's conversation provided you with a feeling of hope, determination, or purpose. I know what you're going through. And that's why I want to give you some of the tools that helped me in my anxiety journey. 
To get a free copy of Free From Fears, head to freefromfearsbook.com. To find out more about the Change Anxiety Treatment Program, find us at changedwith2as.com. Thanks again for listening. And remember, you are not broken, you are not alone, and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety. See you next week. Before you go, I wanted to give you one last reminder to discover your anxiety profile at lifefreeofanxiety.com slash profile. Going forward, we really think this should be the starting point for everyone's anxiety journey. Once you're done, once you're done, you'll probably wonder how we could learn so much from just a few questions. It really is amazing. What you don't see is behind the scenes, your responses are compared to what we've learned from helping over 200,000 people just like you reverse their anxiety over the past 40 years. It's a data-backed assessment with real insights. I promise it's worth 90 seconds of your time, and it's totally free. Just click the link in the show notes or head to lifefreeofanxiety.com profile, and I'll talk to you again soon.